0: Good morning, friends. This is Joel Martin with you for The Everlasting Word. I hope you've enjoyed your Christmas. I hope everyone had a Merry Christmas, and I hope we all took time out to thank our Lord and Savior for coming to this earth when He didn't have to. He came to this earth. He was fully faithful, fully committed to us. He marched to the cross. He was He was the unblemished lamb of God. He that knew no sin became sin for you and I, so that he may be that unblemished sacrifice for mine and your sin. He died. He shed his blood. He was buried in a barred tomb. And on the third day he arose so that whosoever believeth in him should not be perished, but have everlasting life. Now, As we uh, began to pray and seek God's will for this message, the word faithful kept coming to my spirit. So today we're not going to focus on any one particular passage of Scripture. We're going to look at several passages of Scripture that gives examples of Jesus' commitment to you and I. Now, the first passage... Is found in Matthew chapter 4, and it has to deal with when Jesus, right after he was uh, baptized by John the Baptist, he was led of the Spirit up into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. Now, we know that those uh, three temptations was Satan tempted him with hunger. Satan tempted him with casting himself down that the angels have charge over him. Uh, Satan showed him all the kingdoms of this world. But Jesus combated all of those temptations with the written word of God. And the reason he combated all these temptations is because of his faithfulness and his commitment to you and I. Had he failed to any one of these temptations, he would have sinned. By obeying a commandment of Satan, and therefore you and I could not have been saved because Jesus could not have went to the cross of Calvary to be the unblemished, sacrificial Lamb of God. But as we read Matthew 4, 1 through 10, it says, "...then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil." And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights and that's a that's to show weakness. Jesus was tempted in weakness and you and I we are spiritually we are weak. And it says he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, "If thou be the son of God." In other words, if you are who you say you are, you prove it to me right now. Prove it to me right now. He says, Command that these stones be made bread. Now, this might have seemed like a harmless temptation, but that's how Satan works on us. He approaches us with something that's seemingly harmless, but it's like rungs on a ladder. He will get us with something that seems to be harmless, and then he will He will increase the temptation a little more and a little more. But that first step is to get us to fall to something that to us may seem harmless. But Jesus replies to him and he says, But he said, but he answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. In other words, Satan. We're to live by, all, by the words that proceed out of the mouth of God, not by the words that proceed out of the mouth of Satan. So then the next temptation comes down, and it says, And then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Now Jesus <coughs> combated that once again by saying, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God, because Satan was twisting the scripture to make it sound Uh, appealing to try to make it sound appealing to Jesus. But Jesus knew the rightly divided way that that scripture was written, just like we need to be able to spiritually discern and rightly divide God's word rather than letting someone else twist it to make it sound uh, in the way that they want it to sound. And then the last temptation, and it says, In verse 8, it says, again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms in the world and the glory of them. And he said, all these things will I give if thou wilt fall down and worship thee. And then again, Jesus responds and says, it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and the Lord thy God only. In in this in at this third temptation, Jesus identifies him. He calls him Satan, because Jesus knew who he was, and the devil knew who Jesus was. And we got to understand that the devil's tempting him, and, G- and the devil knew that if he could just get Jesus to sin one time, just one time, that you and I would be lost forever, because he would have have obeyed the devil. Rather than God the Father, therefore he would have sinned and he could would not have been able to be in the unblemished Lamb of God. And that was Jesus' commitment to you and I. He denied himself during these temptations for you and I. But then the next example is in the Garden of Gethsemane in Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 39. And that reads... Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. So Jesus was Jesus was, was beginning to ponder and to think about the suffering that was set just before him and it was weighing on him incredibly heavy and in, uh, and also in other parts of the scripture it says that his sweat became as drops of blood, it doesn't say that it became drops of blood, but it became as drops of blood. The agony that was on Jesus he was asking God the father if it, if there be any way, let this cup pass from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done, and so that shows Jesus even in his most in his most. Agony, deepest agony that he was suffering, and he knew what was set before him. For he despised the cross, but yet for the glory that was set just beyond the cross, he endured the cross for you and I. He was fully committed to you and I. He was faithful to you and I so that he could be the unblemished Lamb of God so that you and I could be born again and be joint heirs with him unto his father's throne. So then we go on, and another example is when Jesus was set before Pilate in John chapter 18, and we find this example in John 18, verse 37, and Pilate was trying to explain to Jesus, and and Pilate thought, he later learned that he didn't have any authority, but at this time, Pilate thought that he had the authority to release Jesus. But Jesus makes a statement to Pilate here in John eighteen thirty seven, that you and I are included in this statement. For he says, for it says, Pilate therefore said unto him, <clears throat> Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and here's where you and I are included. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. So Jesus is telling Pilate, you know, this is what this very situation, this very conversation that you and I are having right now. This is why I came to this world, to this end, this, this horrifying death that I'm fixing to die. This is why I came and I'm fully faithful to it. I'm fully committed to it. So that in the day of grace, that if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you confess that you're a sinner and you believe on the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. But see, when Jesus says, to this end was I born, shows his faithfulness to you and I, his passion, his commitment to you and I. And then we go to Matthew 27, and we find that when Jesus was on the cross, Matthew 27, verse 42, that he was being mocked, and it says in the scripture, it says, he saved others, and this is the comments of those people that was mocking Jesus while he was on the cross. He says, he saved others, himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe on him. So now here's Jesus in his most vulnerable time when he was on the cross. He's hanging on the cross. He's probably suffocating by now. He's shedding his blood. He's in pain. He's in excruciating pain and agony. And there's people looking up at him and mocking him. And them not knowing that the reason he's hanging on that cross is for the very sins, their very sins. He's dying for them, and they're mocking him, saying he saved others. But himself he cannot save. If he's truly the son of God, if he's truly the king of Israel, let him come down from that cross, and then we will believe on him. But his commitment to us was to stay on that cross and and carry out the father's will because had he come down from the cross had he yielded to that mocking yielded to that temptation you and i would be lost forever but he stayed on that cross he was fully faithful he was fully committed to you and i and he fulfilled the father's will he died that death And as the scripture says, not a bone of his was broken. They put him in a borrowed tomb. And as Jesus prophesied earlier in in, uh, John chapter 2, he says, You destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up again. And we know that on the third day he resurrected and he completed the plan of salvation. That's how committed that he is to you and I. But then we also look at another scripture and that's found in John 21. And this has to do with some very familiar scripture. And this has to do with Peter. And we know the, the story of Peter, how that Peter told Jesus, Lord, I'll follow you anywhere. I'll even die for you. And Jesus told Peter, Peter, you don't know what you're talking about. Before the rooster crows, you're going to have denied me three times. And Peter went away when the rooster did crow. He went away in depression. He went away sorrowful. He went away defeated. However, in John 21, verse 15, it begins and it says, So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my lambs. And we know as the scripture goes on, Jesus asked him again, Peter, do you love me? And then Peter says, yes, Lord, I love you. And then he says, feed my sheep. Then Jesus asked him a third time, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And he says, feed my sheep. For that showed Jesus, even though Peter had denied that he ever even knew Jesus, this shows Jesus' faithfulness to us, to Peter and to us, his commitment to us. As First 1 John 1, nine says, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But I wanted to share with you today these examples of Jesus' faithfulness to you and I. And in return, we should be faithful to him. And that's today's message. I hope you've enjoyed it. And I hope y'all, you guys have a good rest of your week. This is Joel Martin.